Welcome everybody to the Apex Sunday podcast. We're hosted by two petrol heads, myself, John Dowsett, and Rob Ross. And this is the podcast that banters and rambles on about Formula One races, news, and events. John, there was a lot of anger from Alonso this weekend being inhibited. People were going off circuit and were not being penalized for it. What does adrenaline do to you mentally other than heightened awareness? The drivers seem very sensitive to almost any kind of incident uh, in your and experience. Alonso more than most. Yeah, that could be his personality if as well, right? If you think right? about the rants from certain drivers, Kimi is another one. And you have to wonder how much that's actually affecting them. I think once right. they get to that level, I don't think that it's anything other than them making a statement. I, I don't think that he was wound up as he sounded. I don't think that any driver is wound up as they sound because you can't drive that way. Sure, but I guess when you're driving a car at that speed, you're going to sound a little, <laughs> a little unusual as well, perhaps, right? <laughs> right. Right, so there's that factor. The big thing is getting past red mist. Yes. In every race, car driver experiences red mist, and mm -hmm. it's a matter of whether they can get over it or not. I mean, in the past, you can look at people like John Lacey, who would completely lose the plot because he would get so wound up. Then there are other drivers like Villeneuve who would take it to the next step when he had red mist. So I don't right, know. Right. So I remember you mentioned the one incident when, where you were rolled. You were pretty angry and you're usually not like that. Was that just... Yeah. I mean, it's a life, it's a life threatening situation as well. And it costs a lot of money to fix the car and... There's so many things that immediately go into your mind, but what, what go, went into your mind? Were you just filled with what the hell happened or, or what? I'm a nonviolent person, and it was the one time in my life where I was ready to basically kill somebody. And mm -hmm. the marshals held me back, and everything was fine. But it's wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think adrenaline is part of that? Absolutely, yeah. like 100%. The, the whole fight or take flight response is, I've always been take flight, but not this time. <laughs> I was just ready to throttle a guy when you're raced does the adrenaline once you stopped and you get out of the car and so forth does it reduce pretty quickly i think one of the big things for for most is getting over adrenaline or and using adrenaline mm -hmm. adrenaline will can't control you and you can't allow that to happen because you have to stay focused so yes. dealing with adrenaline it's a matter of dealing with adrenaline and not letting it control you but rather let it enhance your your senses mm-hmm that's why it gives the drivers a fair amount of leeway when they get into incidents and they get angry about things because we have to understand they're extremely charged with adrenaline at that time. And they've got pressure to, to perform and to, to be successful and then you're taken out. So it's not going to be very good. Maybe one of the biggest indicators is when you see these guys go into the wall and crash mm -hmm. at just insane G-forces. Yes. They get out and they just walk away. And then they're talking to somebody. <laughs> that, that is a statement of people being able to control or deal with their adrenaline, I think. Right. Let's talk about qualifying. Great qualifying. You thought it was great? Really? Yeah. 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 What do you think was yeah. great about it? It was just eventful. Mm. Right. I noticed it was a step softer for all the tires for the second race, so I was interested to see how much of a difference that would make. Didn't see too much of a difference for stop and fans. That was interesting to see. They were pretty happy. They seemed to be pretty happy with Lando as well. <laughs> I guess because he was interrupting Mercedes. And he's orange, right? He drives an orange car. Yes. 
So maybe they are Norris fans. Well, I'm sure Norris is going to get some more fans as, you know, this is his third year and he's just improving all the time. But in Q1, the thing I noticed was Ocon, Ricardo, Perez, and Raikkonen were very far from their teammates. And I read that Fernando is now doing track walks because he got a good result after doing his first track walk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And once again, George Russell standing out by making it to Q2. That's pretty much to be expected these days. In Q2, Perez was much closer to Max, but I do know that Max had new parts and Perez didn't. So there's a bit of a factor there. We had Vettel angering Alonso, which we already mentioned, which we'll get to the penalties and so forth later. But I thought when that happened, they seem to have some drastic solutions or some solutions that don't always make sense to me. I hope that they do not go, okay, well, too much impediment. We can't police this. Let's return to single car qualifying. <laughs> right. <laughs> that has its own issues as well. You know, you qualify in the rain the first half, you're screwed and all that kind of thing. So they're also talking about who to penalize because really it wasn't Vettel's fault. No. It was it was the three drivers in front of him. Yeah. Chain reaction, right? And it's a chain reaction. And and it's wrong that Vettel get penalized for that because it really wasn't his fault and it was a matter of circumstance i can understand mm -hmm. why alonso lost it i mean i would yep. get, i would lose it too especially when you're in the the renault or the Al alpine or the alpine however you want to say it in canada we called it alpine when you could buy them here oh yeah they used to sell them here they used to sell i, can understand. Oh, I didn't know that yeah yes the sunbeam alpine mm. I can understand why he got upset because for once, finally, he has a chance of being in the in the top ten, uh, as he thought maybe in the top five. Yes, that might be a bit of a stretch, but all of a sudden it gets scuppered. I can yep. I can thoroughly appreciate why he would be mm -hmm. wound up. And he's also had experience with being slowed there multiple times during this during this weekend. He complained on the radio about these guys. They never look in their mirrors. Who was that? The response, Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to Q3, Norris, once again, amazing. Just, yeah. he's getting the max out of that car. Just like Lewis and Max do, Norris is doing the same. Gasly and Sunoda did well, and they were very close together. And of course, the story, I think, again, was George Russell qualifying ninth. He made it into Q3. That makes for some interesting dynamics in the Mercedes camp about next season and Valtteri Bottas. Again, as you said, it was interesting seeing that the teammates being so far apart, with the exception of Ferrari, mm -hmm. and look how close Carlos and Charles were. I mean, they were just, mm -hmm. man, so close. So what does this tell you? Well, Leclerc is, I don't know, he's, he came around quickly, right? Like he had his one season in Alpha, and then he's right to Ferrari. So they have a lot of interest in, in having him do well. But at the moment, they should be concentrating on getting both cars to score as many points as possible because they're not going to be winning races or the championship this year. I think that Carlos has got a future because he, I don't mm -hmm. think he has all of the upgrades I think they do the same thing that Red Bull does in yep. giving the upgrades to the number one driver. The other end of the spectrum was Danny Ricardo versus Lando. The time difference between those two guys. Oh. Yeah, Danny uh, seems to be suffering sort of the, he can't qualify, but he can race, which I see occasionally. I see that more in motorcycle racing, but I see it occasionally in F1 as well. The difference between the two of them 
was six tenths of a second. Wow. That's a huge number. Yeah, it is. What do you think that is? As soon as you're about three tenths, you got to be really concerned because you can easily lose a couple tenths here and there, perhaps even a third. But I just think Danny just, he's not comfortable with the car and he's not comfortable with the car in low fuel with a qualifying run. He just can't get the max out of it at the present. And we'll see if that improves because he's an outstanding driver. There's no way he lost his talent. He just needs to adapt and obviously it's taking longer. But having said that, next year we have an all new car. But if they have the same design philosophy, it may have similarities. But having said that, we're going to have more downforce with the, what do they call it? The underneath Ground the car. Effects, yeah. Ground effects, right. New tires, the 18-inch rim tires. That's going to change the entire suspension system and how all that works as well. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, I hope Danny does improve his qualifying because he did pretty well in the race, but he may not. I mean, we're almost halfway through, but we'll see how that goes. What do you think? I don't know. I, I just want to see him get his mm -hmm. mojo back. Yeah. Was there anything else in qualifying that grabbed your attention? Nope. Nope. So let's move on to the race. The first thing I'll say about the race is... This was supposed to be the Austrian Grand Prix, but it was the let's penalize you for racing Grand Prix. And we all know, or we've all seen the controversy. I am quite surprised, really, that these decisions were made. I don't think Perez owes an apology to Leclerc. I don't think Russell or Perez should have been penalized. Some people argue that one of the Perez incidents was marginal. Okay, I can give you that, but overall, when you go for the outside, you're the one at risk. And if you're not alongside when the driver takes his line and he accelerates, he's automatically going to be pushing outward from the corner. This is 101 racing, right? What did you think of these penalties? Because I do not like these at all. And I do not like Michael Massey's attitude of there's no, nothing wrong with the penalty system. There's nothing wrong with anything. What do you think? I thought the penalties were a travesty. Mm -hmm. Will Buxton came on and was screaming about how it was the right thing, and I'm going to read the actual rule book, which is Sporting Code Appendix L, Chapter 4, Paragraph 2B, and it states, mm -hmm. maneuvers liable to hinder other drivers, such as deliberate crowding of a car beyond the edge of the track, are strictly prohibited. So therefore, the penalties were warranted. That's nonsense. I yeah. argue that, because the... The word is deliberate. And mm -hmm. those drivers were on, on the racing line. And now somebody wants to come around and try and beat you on the outside where, you know what, there isn't any track out there? Well, yep. that's not a penalty. No, it's not. The penalty is deserved if you do. You're going down the street, you push someone off a la Michael Schumacher or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So that, the rule does not apply when... To me, it doesn't apply when you're trying to pass the guy on the outside and he's taking his line. I mean, I remember the Maldonado-Schumacher incident at Imola. I think it was 2004. And Montoya, did I say Maldonado? Yes. I'm sorry, Montoya. Montoya-Schumacher incident. And Montoya got alongside him sort of at the beginning of the corner, put on his brakes to make the turn, immediately went behind Michael, not 100%. Michael took his line, 
Montoya was pushed off a little bit. Then he came across and took his line and pushed off his teammate, Ralph Schumacher. So when he was asked post-race, it's like, I'm really mad at Michael. He pushed me off. Well, what happened with Ralph? Well, I was just taking my line. <laughs> so reminded me again of Perez was furious with uh, Lando, but then he did the same thing to Leclerc, right? And this is sort of common, right? Drivers will do this all the time. It's twisting the rules. Mm -hmm. The rule for me is if you're ahead of the person, it doesn't matter if you're in, on the inside or the outside. If you've got half a car length in front of the yep. other car, then it becomes your corner mm -hmm. and the other person has to get out of it. But yep. if you're taking somebody, passing somebody on the outside, such as in these instances, and they're close to the limit, I'm sorry, but they don't have the capability of making room. They're on the line. Right. No, it's it's a suicide mission. And even Christian Horner said it's, it's a racing incident and people know it's not going to end up well if you try that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would have to, as the driver being supposedly passed, you would have to actually not take your line. At, you'd have to slow down and sort of you can't slow down. let the guy pass you. It's basically, if the guy gets, it's it's basically, the interpretation is basically he's a little bit alongside you that then you just have to let him go. I mean... They say, well, yeah, you have to leave him space, but then you'd have to slow down a lot because you just started accelerating to go out of the corner, and there's this guy trying to pass you on the outside. What are you supposed to do? Just slow down? Oh, sir, please pass me. You're, there, you're over there. I can't. I got to give you space. So I thought it was outrageous. I really did. How many times have you seen or heard the commentator explain a spin on a corner exit of a driver getting onto the loud pedal a little bit too early? And they yeah. get on a little bit too early, and that's it. They're off. It's the exact same thing getting out of the loud pedal. There, there's a very fine line of throttle input mm -hmm. around a corner. In my case, it was always slight, slight acceleration to keep the car balanced around the corner. Yep. So if you get out of it to let somebody through, guess what? You're going to go wide as well. You can't get out of it, and you can't give it more... There's no way to make room for the person. But anyway, we digress. The penalties were ridiculous, mm -hmm. and I think the general consensus is the same across the board. I haven't heard anybody say, yeah, it's the right thing, other than Will Bucks. I've seen a few people online say that it was fine and that's what should have been done. But what confuses me the most is Leclerc accepting an apology for racing or Perez giving an apology for racing. I mean, if they're going to interpret it racing in this way, then this is different than the racing I'm used to and that I want to see. Me yeah, too. So... And there were other, lots of other penalties, too. Yes, there were 19 penalties for the entire weekend. 19. And why is this? Yeah, I'm not so sure. I mean, they're trying to make things more fair, I suppose, but that's a good goal. But if you do it improperly, you're not making things fair. You're, you screwed Perez. You screwed Lando by these rules. Lando's close to losing. Lando is close. If he gets four more points, penalty points, he'll be suspended for a race. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It really is. To show the skill of Lando, if you mm -hmm. look at the fastest lap chart, he's number 10. Right. He should have finished second. Yes. But, he, but he's number 10 on the fastest lap chart. Yuki, Sebastian, Fernando, Valtteri, Sergio, Pierre Gasly, Lewis, Carlos, and Max were all faster than him. As far as I'm concerned, he should have finished second. Right. It shows what his skill is. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was robbed for sure. I was amazed at all the penalties. I was amazed yeah. at the rookie mistakes of Giovinazzi getting busted for speeding in the pit lane. 
as well as Yuki for getting busted twice for a really yep. ridiculous penalty for the line. the line. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what people have been bringing up. Like, he's getting penalty points for that incident. Why don't you do something else? Because it jeopardizes his future racing capability. There's got to be a measure to about how severe these penalties need to be and how the violation, how severe was the violation. And there was no harm done whatsoever. He just needed to be warned or something like that. But that's the way it's going at the moment. Well, the three strikes thing would work. Like the track limit rule. Right. It's ridiculous, but mm -hmm. I think that the track limit rule should be the same for the complete circuit. And I don't care whether oh, yeah. it's a straight or a corner, you have to stand at the track limit. Yep. But yeah, let's move on. Well, Russell fell back, unfortunately, but if you don't have a good start in the Williams in your race, your race is pretty much destroyed. So he was unable. He came close, though, to scoring points. Alonzo took him at the end. But, you know, he was a standout in the race for me. And then we had... I'd like to see points. Yeah, for sure. Even Fernando said he was kind of sad that he had to do that to him. <laughs> Daniel, though we talked about in qualifying not too well, but he did have a, a good improvement in the race compared to last race, although last race he did suffer some power problems. Other than that, I don't know, I don't have too much to say about the race. The penalties kind of dominated it for me. I was disappointed in seeing Esteban Ocon out so early. Yep. That was yep. kind of sad. And the other thing is, guess who was in last place again? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but of course, Max whipped everyone's ass again. Mm -hmm. See how that goes in the next circuit, which is Silverstone, one of my favorites. And I hope that the next race at Silverstone, they don't penalize the racing again because, I don't know, there's a few places where you can pass on the outside there, so we may see some more contentious penalties again. I think that what we're going to see for the rest of the season, and this is just a prediction off the top of my head, is Red Bull is just going to walk away with everything. Mm -hmm. They've limited the amount of money teams can spend on development. That's a good thing for the lower teams. But guess what? It means that when Red Bull comes out of the gate with by far the best car, it yep. means nobody can catch yep. up. Yeah, if we look at the gap, so Max had a gap of 17.9 seconds to Valtteri in third. Yeah, but he had an extra stop too, right? To Max? Yeah. Oh, did he just stop for uh, tires? Yes. Okay. And we have Lando Norris, 20 seconds back. So only basically just, just over two seconds back of Valtteri. And that's with his five-second penalty. So again, he was totally robbed. Then Lewis, again, finishing in fourth, which he's not used to. It's always a bit funny to not see Lewis in the top three. But Max really did a great job this race. Sergio would have done better if he had raced a little bit better. But there you go. I'm going to pick my driver of, of the race. I think it's a given for me that I'm picking Lando. Mm -hmm. I have the same, exactly. And what about the rating of the race? I really liked it. it I mean, it kept me focused. Mm, I see. Well, back in grade 10, I wrote an essay on one of the European kings in the medieval times. I can't remember which. And I got negative 10 out of 40 on that essay. So my... <laughs> <laughs> and I... I'm not used to that. I was a pretty good student. I usually got B's and A's kind of thing. I went up to my teacher. He let me rewrite it. And he said, it was well-written, well-structured. Your thesis was good. But look at this sentence here. And then the king went mad. And he said, what does that mean? I said, well, that's what they say in the books. And he said, well, he had syphilis. That's right. why he went mad. And you completely missed that fact. <laughs> <laughs> and as a grade 10 Maybe I was a bit naive and I just wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't thinking about coded language in history books where they say, the king just went mad. They don't actually say 
syphilis because my god we can't have people knowing the king had syphilis or whatever it was so in that spirit i'm giving this race a negative 10 <laughs> because the penalty the penalty situation seriously as you can tell i'm not usually a livid guy but i hated those penalties i really did f1 penalizing racing it just uh, i'm not not happy about it whatsoever that said these things do happen they tend to not carry on so i'm hopeful that things are clarified but michael massey seems pretty set in his ways so there could be some more trouble in regard to this type of racing in the future well when you say it that way then i'm gonna have to rank the race about a negative four as well <laughs> <laughs> it really was appalling yes yes yeah, I admit the racing itself, the coverage wasn't bad. They showed some passes and so forth. But that those penalties just overrid everything for me. And that's why I'm giving it negative 10. <laughs> Did you watch the support race, any of the support races? No, I didn't have time. Did you? We've been watching um, the F3 races. Yeah, I, that's probably pretty exciting, isn't it? It's great racing. It reminds me a lot of older Formula One races where there were, you know, a lot, there's a fair amount of cars right. breaking down only of recent years that we've had the sort of bulletproof car yeah mm -hmm. reliability yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing i remember south africa kyalami 93 five people five racers finished that race <laughs> <laughs> you know out of the entire field and i think that race that penny won in monaco there was only five or six finishers as well that would be unheard of over the last five or ten years wouldn't it can you imagine yeah, where back then it was like, yeah, that's a bit much than usual, but to have 15 to 20 cars finish was unheard of. It usually around the 12, if I remember correctly, something like that. Mm -hmm. And oh no, it was very rare for every car to finish a race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about when you were racing GT in all the different classes? What was reliability like then? Up and down like a toilet seat in a train station. You know, the people that where regulars usually finish the race, the people that were at the pointy end, higher up you get, the more finicky the cars get. Mm -hmm. The GT1 cars, there'd always be a couple cars that wouldn't mm -hmm. finish the race. But lower down the field, pretty much everybody finishes. Right. And did you have any controversy like this? Were, were there any kind of rules enforcement? Or, <laughs> or were there rules violations or, or what? Well, absolutely. Do a whole show on that. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so should we move on to news? Let's do that. I'll start and I'll say that Lewis signs for two more years, which extends the Mercedes deal to the end of 2023. So he's through 2022 and 2023. He said he'd like Mercedes to keep Bottas. There's nothing wrong with him, but he recently, in the last couple of days, has said some good words about Russell. We'll see what happens there. Gasly is aiming for a Red Bull seat next season. If there's no space, he said he has interest from other teams. There probably won't be any space, so I wonder who the other teams are. The MGUK, according to Total Wolf, will almost certainly have increased battery capacity under the new rules, so there's going to be more electric power. But the MGUH, as we discussed last week, will be probably dismissed. And of course, Australia has been cancelled. The race was in November. Cancelled due to COVID restrictions. Anything interest you in the, in the news recently? I found it interesting that Lewis signed for two years with Mercedes. Yeah, because I know you've been thinking Mercedes might pull out, right? It kind of surprised me. Are they going to pull out? 
I think they already have to a great extent. But the question becomes, the team is never going to go away. It right. is going to be taken over by somebody. And who is that going to be? And where is it going to go? Mm. Maybe the VW Porsche Audi effort is testing with Williams, and then they're going to move it over to Mercedes because yep. they really are very much a, a farm team to Mercedes. And maybe that's the route that's going to go, and maybe that's why Lewis is staying with them. I question mm. that, and I question the Bottas thing, because I don't think he has any control at all over whether Bottas or Russell is his number two. No, no, I just mentioned that just as his opinion, but whether that has any influence on Mercedes, I Bottas doubt. Bottas is not signed. That's news to me. Wolf has apparently said that they're going to determine that over the summer break, so relatively soon we'll, we'll know what the situation he's is gone. there. Yeah, you think he's gone? I think yeah. he's gone. Yeah, sure. Where do you think he'll go to Williams? Because he said he wanted to stay in F1. What other options are there? That wouldn't be such a bad move for him to go back to Williams. Because mm -hmm. they could appreciate his insights into how Mercedes works and all that kind of thing as well, right? And he could shine. Now he's not going to be up against the uh, number one driver. He would be the number one driver more than likely if he were to step down to Williams because that would mean that Russell will not be a Williams. Yes. <laughs> and they will have the new rule set. So I don't expect Williams to triumph that much but they could improve so we'll see i hope that mclaren improves that's for me next season mercedes and red bull i'm pretty confident they'll come up with great cars under the new system i'm hopeful that mclaren will you're skeptical i'm skeptical let's put this in perspective what you just said earlier the, the first thing is they're going to have ground effects and mm -hmm. number two they're going to have different wheels and number yeah. three, they're going to have a different power unit. All of these have to work in concert. If you go and test a car, you can only change one thing at a time. Otherwise, you don't know how you're making your car handle mm -hmm. better or perform better in any way. And now they're going to have to throw in all of these things at once. Right. And the development is going to be crazy. It could be right back to the days of when Honda came, when Barr came back and destroyed everybody. No real budget. And they came out and destroyed everybody. By the end of the season, they were backmarkers because right. everybody caught up. Mm. The same thing is going to happen. We could see Haas at the front. <laughs> By bar, do you mean uh, the team that when Ross Braun took it over and he yes. Honda left? Yeah. So that would be... Sorry, it was Braun. It was like Braun Grand Prix for a year, right? Yes. Before they sold it to Mercedes. Yeah. Jensen Button got in the car and thought it was pretty good in his first run, as I recall, and came back out of it and went, oh, it wasn't bad. And they said, well, you're a second and a half or two seconds faster than any other car on your first run. So <laughs> that's going to happen. Yep. That was the first rear diffuser car, right? Yes. I believe that was the first real rear diffuser innovation, which they all have now. And this is going to happen. And who's it going to be? Who's going to, by fluke, get it right? And it could be anybody. Mm. Everybody else is going to catch up. Mm. And how long is it going to take? I don't know, but that's my take. Right. Well, I'm going to disagree. I think Red Bull, Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari, those teams will do fairly well. And then the rest are a complete mystery to me. But Haas, I have no confidence in Haas doing any better. Well, maybe Alpine then. How about that? Yep, that's a possibility. It's a possibility. They've got new staff, a new direction. We'll see. All right, John, anything else about news? Nothing that I can think of right now. Me neither. So next race, Silverstone. And I'm looking forward to the new format. Right. That's the first time we'll see the sprint race, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm pumped about that. So let's see if they do it properly or if someone gets some weird penalties and it all screws up. <laughs> Thank you, Rob.
Okay. Talk to you next week or actually a couple weeks from now. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye